0: Today, we get to sit down with Lola Lenarte, an international model, actress, TV host, and entrepreneur, born in Nicaragua, and currently living in New York City. Fun fact, she studied cultural anthropology at Texas A&M, and you might have seen her hosting red carpet events in Ford, Payless, and Budweiser commercials, and in Robert Rodriguez's Sin City 2. She's most passionate about unifying women from diverse cultures and backgrounds through her creative and entrepreneurial endeavors, which so are we. So we are so excited to chat with Lola. Okay. So Lola, you have a very interesting life trajectory, which I can't wait to get into. But first I have to tell people how we met and Hello. and what you do. So you're a very successful model in New York City. And you and I met on a fashion segment on the Today Show a few years ago. And I just remember being like, this is one of the most gorgeous women I've ever seen in real life. And then just very drawn to your energy. And then we just kept in touch. Absolutely. I was thinking back on that and I, I'm like,
2: what is time? What is time? Because that was like five years ago. And I remember that job meaning so much to me because I never imagined, you, you write down things that you want to see yourself do and think like, oh, that can never happen. Or how is that even gonna happen? And the fact that that we met on such an important job to me is everything. And even even a lot of the that that day is so seared into my mind. And so I really am so happy that we stayed connected. After that day, we had so much it, fun.
0: We had so much fun it was a really happy positive I mean down to the hair and makeup people the producers the other girls like it was just I remember that day just being such a lovely experience from
2: it it really was I met Brooke Shields
1: I was like who do I think yes um
0: yes I forgot we (laughs) met Brooke Shields we met Brooke Shields she was a guest I didn't know that yes yeah.
1: Oh my God. Because I remember watching that segment when you were, because I think, you, weren't you living? Yes, weren't we living Gina, together? I
0: think we were roommates at the time. Yes.
1: And you got to keep the jacket. Yes. The, that like pink, that light pink jacket. And I got to and keep these
0: fun blue strappy like stiletto heel shoes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I remember just it. unbelievable. Okay. Oh, God. So Lola, you have had this really cool New York City modeling career, even though you're what everyone calls in the business, like an in-between size, which so am I, because you're around a size eight and in fashion and modeling straight size is like zero two four plus fourteen sixteen. 14, 16. So the eight tens and twelves, which I fall into that category too, is like, hello, what are you doing? And I know you've been told like, good luck at a size eight. Like you're in no man's land. So can you tell us a little bit about what modeling has been like for you at your size and maybe some of the challenges and kind of how you've still had this flourishing career?
2: Yeah, no, modeling in general is an odd, odd job, right? And if you open your mouth, I found about any size that you are, people don't like it, there's always going to be one side of the pendulum that's like, Oh, um, it could be worse, or you're, you're not big enough, you're not small, everyone has some sort of opinion about whenever it is that you opened up your mouth and your personal experience in the industry. So mine, I was mentioning to you prior is I've been everywhere. And I'm, just shy of 5'10". I've been, been everything between a size two, which is absurd, to um, to at, at the, the height of the pandemic, I think I was maybe teetering into a 12. Now I'm back somewhere between an 8 and a 10. But when I was modeling initially, I was doing runway, doing all that. And there was like this glamour to it. But because, but I forced myself to be that small because it isn't like what it is now, now 10, 15 years later, where there you do see a rise in encouragement of people being curvy and um, having just a, somewhere of a range of bodies. But I was always told, you're not gonna really find that much work. So either decide to, be, decide to be a 12 plus or somehow force yourself to stay into the twos and the fours. But my body just naturally didn't wanna do that. You get tired, it's just too much. So while I did have some success, is I had to have that realization with myself of, you know, where do I feel most comfortable, even if that means that doesn't mean me working anymore. And my body naturally loves to be into the six and the eights. So what I found though, is I pushed myself to do face. (laughs) So face and hair, and then parts modeling, because that gave me this grace of, well, you're going to like, you're going to like these other things, despite what I'm fitting in into a jean. You're not going to care. So
1: wait, is there, are there different like, Okay. I'm like the layperson here. Like Alex is the model. I am the person that's like, what? Tell me about this magical well, world. Tina is
0: super in the business. Theater, singer. We both started in theater. She is currently right. has a solo show as a singer, and she's a makeup artist that works all the time. So those are like the yes. areas that she kind of
1: fits into right now. I love it. No. But like modeling, I've never done like modeling or. Bi- so Alex is always telling me about these these things, and I'm always just so my mind is blown by the industry. So I okay, are there different categories? So you can can you choose face and hair? hair over what's the alternative body? <laughs> I mean, that's a really great question. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know that it's called
2: parts model, right? Parts modeling. Parts modeling. And you, you name it. It's like hands back right neck there's just you know you think about these things that you don't think about when you get into the industry you're like oh man yeah like you someone does need to have like a beautiful clavicle moment to show off said neck necklace or you know they're doing like the thing for the Sally Hansen the hand things mm-hmm. right you know someone's got to sell that that's gray on the legs or, or sell the shoe I actually it was on a shoot uh, not too long ago and one of my girlfriends has her, her hands covered in tattoos and someone had to stand behind her It was a beauty shoot, right? And do a a this number. (gasps) Those are not her hands. And they're like, oh my God. touching her face as if she would be touching her face just in order not to cover up her tattoos, but they wanted her face.
1: Wow. That's like an SNL skit. I know. (laughs) It is.
0: It is. You know, Tina, so we have a friend who's also on the podcast, Lale. Lale does parts modeling. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, okay. She does. I've done legs for like a weighted blanket, which was so funny. And I recently did hands and The terrible, well, the good and the terrible thing was they asked me for photos of my hands and I have a tattoo on my wrist. Well, I sent a clear photo of the tattoo. The tattoo is in all the photos. And then someone on set when I got there was like, what is this? What is the tattoo? Like they missed it. I was like, guys, I I sent 50 photos of this. It was fine. They just had to, they like covered it up. But oh my gosh, you never know how complicated like a hand modeling situation can be. sounds easy. sounds like it's nothing, but there's like so much thought put into it
2: no there really is um I I I have screenshot a few of the breakdowns (laughs) for hand modeling because they make me laugh so hard where it's like must have complete control of every digit right and and even more absurd of that like must not have um curvature on any whatever and I'm like a 12 year old boy with my humor so I'm like ha, -ha -ha!" (laughs) you know curvy digits curvy
1: digits (laughs) I mean, that has to be so hard though, like to not get in your head about every, I mean, because it's every little detail about your body is being scrutinized. So what, okay, did you have a mentor growing up or what What gave you your body positivity? What, what helps you get through these like scrutinizations of every little detail of your body? I am so blessed to have my mom. I
2: just be so encouraging and loving. But the thing is, I have to even peel, peel it back a little bit more Is I was this little tomboy, right? I grew up with like a ton of boy cousins. I have an older sister. And my mom, my mom's a little bit of a tomboy too. She loves, she loves a bold lip, right? She loves, she loves a hair moment, a beautiful perfume moment, but that's kind of it. She, she never focused. I can't even think,
1: right? I can't even think of the time where she was speaking negatively about her body, right? She never, oh my God. You never hear that. You never hear that. It feels like it's generational trauma being passed down. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. She was just so great about being um, encouraging
2: hobbies or my personality or, you know, it, I I really do look back on that. And I think when you get older and you just start having friends around you who's who who have been affected by their moms or aunts or whomever's around them um, get into their heads, I remember thinking, I don't think that, right? And I, I just remember thinking, I was like, oh, maybe that's just them and then not me. And you, obviously you get older and the comparison thing starts happening. But my mom always just anchored it back to like, you are smart, you are fun you are this you are that like you are not your body and i'm just like ah! <laughs> like bubble boogers and i think
0: i'm like man i got really lucky <laughs> I got really lucky in that way that is amazing I and- met you on the today show you kind of became the morning show model queen like You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. In a morning show, they do a fashion segment and everyone like walks down and you're showing. It had to feel really good from starting to focus on parts and hair and face to also be celebrated for the full body on camera stuff.
2: It was so much fun. And my hometown is itty bitty,
0: right? And we're we're a little border town um,
2: between Texas, um, be- um, between Texas and Mexico, itty bitty, right? I always say that you throw a baseball in Texas, get, like if it gets lost, it's probably already in Mexico. It's so close, and the pride that I felt because my hometown would just rally behind me. Anytime I posted something on, um, on Facebook, like where you like, you like check yourself in people clamored, right. Clamored to do it. And I just felt this sense of, um, responsibility to not be nervous because I would be so nervous no matter how many times I did it right. Every single time I'm like, I am in like, this is live TV. This is national live TV. I can't mess this up. Right. But when I would read these messages, people would just like champion behind me. And I, um, it just felt so nice. It felt so nice. And um, their positivity to to, towards that was great. And I remember actually have one anecdote. I remember coming back to, um, to Texas had gone through this breakup and my now mentor and my, for my career, she used to be my publicist brought me down to this like woman uh, women luncheon thing. And you had to like go and introduce the person to your left. Right. And I gave this like very short, bit about myself to this woman. I wasn't really feeling it. And um she introduces me like with a little bit of information that I gave her. And my mentor hears her introduce me. She's like, no, wait. <laughs> She's on the Today Show and she does this. And I thought, well, that's just like something I do. Well, later on, I had a couple of women come up to me and they said, you know, that's really great that you do that. I'm sure that this is just a part of your career. But, you know, being from the border, we don't get these opportunities. And it's nice that you get to represent and give little girls, like other little brown girls, an opportunity to hope and dream bigger. And I just thought, that is so great because I am accomplishing my dream. But I'm not, I'm so in my head about that that I wasn't even thinking how the ripple effect of how it would affect younger girls it's yeah.
0: representation oh, that, is so, that gives, me it gives me chills too <laughs> because morning shows I mean think about it it's on in every household it's while people are having coffee kids are running around getting ready the m- moms are trying to watch it like people see it and so for a little girl to be like in her pjs with her mom and see you that's gonna affect her later on whether she like subconsciously whether she knows it or not
2: yeah yeah, and I think that that's one of the reasons that it's that I I have stayed so passionate and driven in the industry too. Truly, is because um is. I don't remember seeing anybody look like me when I was growing up. Right. I mean, now I, I, I pay for this blonde. Right. But you know, I'm just, I definitely, you know, I'm like li- little Caribbean girl growing up in the border. So I remember thinking to my sister, well, are we, are we pretty? Like I remember having one moment where I was like, are we pretty? Because we would oh watch um, QVC. Right. And we would just nerd out during gem week right? <laughs> and just like, well, watch, watch these things or watch other um, like Disney shows or Nickelodeon, but nobody looked like us, right? They would be like beautiful Caucasian models. There'd be beautiful black models and like nothing in between, right? So then you can imagine fast forward to now in modeling, right, where I am not this, not that, right? With size, but I'm also not black, not white. So I'm like, oh man, like I'm in the be- in-between of the in-between
1: <laughs> of <laughs> the everything. In-between of the in-between, yes. Yeah. Can you tell us, Lola, where where exactly were you born and a little bit more about your background and like growing up and where you grew up? Yeah, so I was born on the Caribbean coast of
2: Nicaragua, this town called
1: Bluefields
2: on the Caribbean coast. And my, um, my, my dad is Jamaican-Cuban. His mom is Jamaican-Cuban. Rather, his mom is Jamaican make a Nicaraguan. His father is Cuban. And my my sister and uh, my mama were born in, in the capital, in Managua of, of Nicaragua. And then when I was two, it was a week after I turned two, October 2nd, we came up to the US in Brownsville, Texas, because both my um actually both my dad, his biological dad and his um and his stepfather are shrimp boat captains. So they they got on a shrimp boat and then landed in Brownsville, Texas, which is um the shrimp shrimping capital of the world
1: what (laughs) who knew this is brand new information what a great trivia question i know take take that one to the bank
2: (laughs) brownsville all right well yeah. So and then I grew up in a little town called um, Laguna Vista, which basically I always just say I grew up in South Padre Island, right, Texas. Everyone knows it as a as the spring break town, of Texas, and uh, you know just grew up there. And then then uh, later went to college in, in uh, Texas A But but yeah, always forever a Texas girl.
0: So what made your parents want to leave Nicaragua in the first place, and sort of like what were they doing while you were there, and then what did they do when they came here when you were little? Yeah, so that's a really great question
2: that is still evolving. Thirty-four years later in my life, because the 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 answer always changes, right? In very true Lenarte fashion, and I don't know if this is a lot of like immigrant homes or minority homes, but there's just a lot unsaid, right? There's a lot that I'm like, wait, didn't you? Wait, hold on, and you're like trying to connect the dots, and because I came so young, that you just there's things you 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 don't know that you don't know. And uh, and now, I I mean, the story from his horse, I know, as far as i know my um my father's family was already here my my, my father stayed behind the rest of his family left to, to nicaragua uh, from, left from nicaragua to texas and um, my father stayed my, my mom had us and you know there was the work going, going on you know the, the contras and the sandinistas and every you know all that my father was in the military at the time and my mom was a professor and she's an economics professor down there too. so that's always strange to me where I think I don't have the typical immigrant story where my parents came for um, better opportunities my parents had all the opportunities in Nicaragua. but um we came here and that that's the blurry part, right? of like the who, what, where is it, whatever. Well, also you and, were too.
1: So and I was all like, yeah, you know, I get a pass. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. Yeah, you get a pass for sure. Yeah, I get a
2: pass on that. But, you know, only now, you know, I just became a U.S. citizen four years ago as a permanent resident for a while there that um, those questions started to to come up again. Because when you're applying for citizenship, they, I mean, every parking ticket, every breakup, every this, every that you've ever experienced just is like, like they write the story on you and they can peel it apart. And those are questions that I didn't even think to ask, but you, you just think, oh, well, it'll be okay. It'll be fine. You know, I've got nothing to hide. And then they will be like, what is such and such this and that? And you're like, what is that? I actually don't know. (laughs) <laughs> what? Yeah. So, I mean, there was a few things that I found out, um, about my journey, even while I was here, I was telling Alex that I didn't know that I was even undocumented when I was like, till I was 12. And, and what, and what does that mean? That means that we overstayed our visa, like many people do. And, um, we really couldn't get, we, we couldn't figure out how to process it normally because my, of my father having, left you know the the military right so it was it it's i can't even find the best equation but my father basically deserted right and the u.s doesn't wreck i mean you know nicaragua is has is socialist so at the time you can imagine this is like 35 years ago whenever it is they did not know what to do with us right they we were trying to seek asylum i think the story goes we were trying to seek asylum they didn't grant it to us and we just like hung out (laughs) so are you in texas at this point we're in texas at this point and you know i can't help but just laugh at that like we're in texas at this point until finally um we get an immigration attorney to help our case and it's always bothered me when people have like get in line like they always use that term when it comes to immigration and filing that process because there is no line someone point me to it because I didn't I'm sorry I never found it mm-hmm. right and there's just a you're 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 competing against a sea of people who are applying and doing all this at the same time and everybody's case is so different so they they grant you know more grace and opportunity obviously to children but if they're Separated from their moms and children. like I'm only now learning about this too because my sister is an immigration attorney in the city. Oh
1: my gosh! Okay, right, right. So you can imagine, yeah. I'm like, wait, what was your day like? <laughs> oh, I can't even. I can't imagine. Was there ever an uh, an idea or an option or a thought to go back to Nicaragua instead of staying in the states? My mom would have loved that. You know, she had her whole life there, and
2: she had her whole family there, and she is one of six. And blood, sweat, tears, they were, you know, my mom, my mom says that she's like, I would skip meals so I could have money so I could take the bus to go into the capital to get an education, right? Like, that's my mom's existence. Whoa. So the idea of coming to the US and starting over was never appealing to her. She's like, I've done that already. I, I made a name for myself. I sacrificed everything that I needed to do to um to get us to a great place. So my mom was like, smell you later, U.S. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> if, it, if it came down to it, she was ready to go back. But I mean, it was just that ness—that wasn't necessarily an option for our family. And by that point, too, we just sort of like booted more. And my mm-hmm. parents, like, um, you know, we, they saw us thriving in the school system that they just they thought maybe this is the better option.
0: And can you talk about, so you became, so at 12, you become a permanent U.S. resident. And then can you talk about what the decision, what went into waiting to become a U.S. citizen and then what made you make that decision?
2: Absolutely. I love this question because
0: I, I
2: always have, have always struggled with identity, the, you know, the concept of identity and what that means for me in my life, because, you know, the term Afro-Latina is coming up quite a bit now and my uh, my sister and I have same mom same dad we look worlds apart from one another and you know, that's always something that, that with our Nicaraguan, we, 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 knew we were born in Nicaragua later in life that I find that I find out my father's biological dad's Cuban. later in life that I find out my grandma is part of Jamaican too. So as this is evolving, I'm, my identity is evolving. We're growing up in the border, you know, Texas Mexican border around a very strong Catholic Mexican community, um, both of which we are not, <laughs> Right. And, uh, you know, just sort of adapting and finding your way and your kid and you don't want to stand out. But you, you know, I have parents who were very proud to be from Nicaragua and we had Nicaraguan food every single day. And, they really encourage us to just fully embrace it, speak Spanish in the house. And as much as we can, so we didn't lose that part of ourselves. You know, then I just, you know, got into college. I'm 18, I'm studying culture and social anthropology. And I remember my professor saying, listen, like, if you also want to be a, pr- like, I wanted to be a, a professor like my mother and study. They said, look, you we really encourage you to become a U.S. citizen so that you have, you know, the U.S., should anything happen to you in another country, protecting you. And I just, no interest, no interest none. So then, um, I'm 22. I'm a baby. And meet my ex-husband, now ex-husband, and I don't go to grad school. I end up, you know, putting that that dream aside. And he's a U.S. citizen. And then I still had no desire to become a U.S. citizen, knowing full well that having been married to him, that was an option, and I could have my citizenship in in a second. I said, "That's just that's not who I am," because my identity was so closely tied to my Nicaraguan passport and my citizenship and I was chilling with my with my uh, green card but it was just finally when um, unfortunately the fear of Jesus came over me when Trump came into power And <laughs> It was just saying a whole lot of a lot of things that frightened me and I realized that my status in the country was hanging on hanging on you know just oh on the God. fringes so I prop, I you know I processed that paperwork with a quickness I put all my little pennies together <laughs> and just wow. like yeah and I and I got it pretty quickly I got my citizenship very quickly but um that was ultimately the the push that I needed and I thought this this is not okay and I'm well what am I going to do now at this point in Nicaragua at 30 so <laughs> I'm
0: going right, right. Yeah. yeah can you tell us a little bit about the process of getting your citizenship? Because all I've heard is that it's a crazy nightmare, even for English speaking, you know, very well educated individuals. So I, I just can't even imagine. I heard it's just like a blur of paperwork and questioning. And can you let us know a little bit about your experience?
2: Yeah, yeah. I um that experience is in a nutshell nutshell awful because you have to sort of make your case, right? As to like why you should be a US citizen. And that involves putting a lot of time, a lot of money. And I, you know, had just you know, I, I had been here for about a year, I believe in the city. So it's very, very, very costly. And I found resources here in the city so that you could do it without an attorney. It was through an organization. So I can't speak to what the process is like. Should you get an immigration attorney yourself? And that must be worlds easier, but I did it through an organization here that helped me and facilitated all that. But it's just, I mean, the amount of paperwork that I, I can't, I mean, like everything, like I'm telling you, like my transcripts, and you know, what what organizations did I join? What organizations were my friends involved in, right? So that should they go that far back, you know they can't they can say yes, you you were never associated with these like questionable things, right? Um I'm not kidding you. But- at least for my case it was like a, my the divorce decree right things that perhaps my ex-husband was a part of um parking tickets any sort of citation i i remember thinking like did oh i did i pay my my library tab at school <laughs>
0: that's, <laughs>
2: that's oh my god
1: this is such stuff that we like take for granted i mean because you you were raised here you were ra- you yeah. came over when you were two like this is this is what you know this country is what you know, know. and for them to question that and like go through it with a fine-tooth comb is like mind-blowing yeah was there ever a moment when you were like oh shit I'm not gonna they're gonna bust me for this or like this is I almost you almost didn't get it
2: yeah I mean I never felt like they were gonna bust me for anything because I am like a recovering rule follower and people (laughs) pleaser
1: so so i was like
2: really trying to do things by the book but there was a moment where I um at the 11th hour speaking of like my divorce decree, didn't realize I needed to have um you know, the the paperwork I filed, you know, the petition, for, like, I think it was like the petition, the decree that this, that and whatever, right. And I didn't have it. And I had to, I could only get it through Austin. This is already me living here. I had to um beg one of my girlfriends to let me use her assistant for the day for her to stand in line, affidavit, like, affidavit, like her, yes, yeah, she can pick this up for me, have this thing overnight. like, it was like two, <laughs> two days before. And I'm thinking, oh, no, like, I did not get, this far for that to be the one for
1: formality, like a a piece of paper to blow it all up.
2: Yeah. And so, you know, you, you finally go and you, um, you submit it all, you get processed, you, I, my girlfriends actually were in front of me the day that I uh, opened up my letter. When they finally tell you when your naturalization ceremony is, I'm in front of like a bagel shop and also bu- bubble boogers. I'm like, oh my god! Oh my god! So great. But um, I remember the officer who she's asking all these questions, right? She she um she has your whole life in front of you. So before I even got this paperwork, um afterwards she's asking you like, okay, you know what? Who's on who's on the face of the dime? And you know like who was our uh, President and all this stuff, okay. And afterwards, you get um, just to sit there and wait, if she's looking at you, and she just says, I so I'm gonna recommend that you get um, that you get processed to be a citizen. And I just burst into tears in front of her, and I go, Oh
1: my god, can I hug
2: you? and she goes, <laughs> No, but. <laughs> but it happens every day and congratulations oh my
0: gosh I can't imagine the relief. and like here's the thing I could tell you the fourth president right now I could not tell you who's on the dime right now and I honestly I would not pass this test without (laughs) a lot of studying so like it's just I can't imagine the work not just the paperwork but like the studying work so then was there like light at the end of the tunnel was like was the ceremony a beautiful moment like what are your thoughts of about remembering the ceremony
2: the ceremony is probably one of the most incredible days of my life truly it I I can't imagine I mean to maybe until I have kids of my own I don't know but it was so special because the presiding judge, and I want to find out her name. I'm sure that I can can go back and look, but it was this just incredible Filipina judge presiding over the ceremony. And I had my sister there and two of my other guy friends there, which it's a shame now because people now with COVID, like you can't like bring the, you know, bring the whole the whole tribe of folks and um, and my um my now a fiance at the time, like he was there. It was just really cool, cool energy. And she presided um over the ceremony and said this beautiful speech and how she she's a single you know she was um she had, has a single mom she had a single mama and she was uh, the only child to her mom and how her mom you know, cleaned homes and hotel rooms and just would like put her pennies together so that she could get her education. And she's like, I did. She's like, I became the first Filipina judge to be able to like oversight in the, the circuit of New York. And she was like, you know, I want to remind you that you have your voice is loud now with your vote, right? Like nobody can take this away from you. I don't care, you know, how you view politics. I don't care, you know, what religion you are, what color you are, you have your, your vote. Matters so much. And like you too can like go and and like afford out others opportunity and and just beautiful things, right? Beautiful things. And I later got, I was telling my sister, I'm like, wow, her speech was so impactful. I wanted to stand up in the middle and just like slow (laughs) clap. It was absolutely just chills, just so beautiful. And I thought, you know, I'm so glad I made this choice and I'm so proud. I'm so proud to be a U.S. citizen. And I know that, you know, it's, it hurts me when people talk about, you know, their views on um, the United States and what have you. And I'm like, man, like this means absolutely everything to me. And um, yeah, no, that day was, that day's just sort of like kicked it off. It's Honestly, really I stressful. have
0: chills and like oh. I feel like I'm going to tear up just listening to your <laughs> recap, let alone I know. if I was in that room. It's so powerful. Full. And I'm so, I mean, I'm so proud of you for making that choice and following it through and and doing that's a huge accomplishment.
2: Thank you. No, I-, yes. I- I I really I thank you for saying that I think that something that I wasn't prepared to do was actually because the U.S. doesn't um, recognize dual citizenship with Nicaragua right and I didn't find that out until later uh, into the process is when I got to the ceremony I had to like turn over my green card and and officially renounce you know any sort of legal ties that way um with Nicaragua I didn't recognize I, I didn't know that until um you know basically the 11th hour so I, like turned it over I'm, I'm sure like this woman had to like cry it out of my hand but I thought that's the last you know last bit that I have and this is going to be a brand new life but
0: yeah if you know tina and i you know that we love therapy we honestly don't even know how we would have gotten through the last two years without our weekly therapy sessions BetterHelp offers easy affordable and convenient access to therapy first of all you don't even have to do any of the research which can be the hardest part because they do that work for you they will literally match you with a therapist in under 48 hours Second, you don't even have to leave your home because BetterHelp offers video, phone, and live chat sessions. Honestly, it's always a good time to invest in yourself and in your mental health, so give it a try. And see for yourself why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. We have a special offer just for our obsessed listeners. For 10% off your first month of professional virtual therapy, go to betterhelp.com slash obsessed. That's com slash obsessed.
1: Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. We are sponsored by Ombre Lab. Are you struggling with bloating, moodiness, constipation, or weight gain, and you just can't figure out why? Well, the answer could literally be in your gut. Your gut contains trillions of bacteria, both good and bad. And when your body doesn't have enough of the good bacteria, the bad bacteria flourishes. When this happens, it can cause all kinds of symptoms. Ombre Labs makes it really easy to check on your gut health by offering an at home test that can measure your bacteria levels. The test will ship right to your door with easy to follow instructions. And then when you get your results, they'll give you a detailed breakdown of your gut bacteria, let you know what foods to eat more or less of. Plus you can get personalized probiotics to heal your gut with a subscription. I've done the test myself and personally, it was the easiest thing ever. No doctor's appointments, no scheduling when you can get to the office. They send everything right to you and then you just pop it back into the mail and you get your results. So if you want to start feeling better, visit tryombre.com obsessed to get $30 off of your test. That's T-R-Y-O-M-B-R-E dot com slash obsessed for $30 off. Thank you to Ombre Labs for sponsoring this podcast. So having made that decision and this huge, huge decision, and being where you are now looking back, how has your how have your thoughts around your identity shifted since you were a child?
2: That's a great question.
1: I feel that, especially now knowing like the, the more like the components
2: with my dad's family, right. And their, and their nationalities and how they identify and just, you know, the evolution of how I've, I've, I've seen myself and um, in context to career um. You know, oftentimes I find that men do this, right? Where they their career is everything to them and that's their identity. I feel like as women, we have um like we put too much identity to our, like our bodies, right? Too much identity to like other, like a couple other aspects of our life. And then I think on top of that, um, in mine has been, okay, well, how do I self-identify when it even just comes to my ethnicity? Right. Um, at least in the industry, I'm considered ethnically ambiguous, but I definitely see Latina. Um, here and there, I'll I'll like get Get something like like Native American or a Pacific Islander here and there, right? But for the most part, uh, just definitely definitely skewing Latina. But with this, I think I just have now said Caribbean, right? I'll just to spare the people, spare people that's in and out going through the time of being like, I'm this and I'm that nice because it's um it's different when I have my girlfriends here or guy friends here who are, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth generation people. I'm not even that. I'm an immigrant. And so I can say very closely, like, no, my dad's this and my dad's not that. But now being a US citizen, I feel like I I don't know if I actually thought about that. That's a really great question. I just think I'm Caribbean, but I'm American.
0: And honestly it might change. I mean, as you like you said, you're uncovering and you're figuring out and there's new developments. It could change in a year how you you know like your answer to that question it, yeah. can you tell us some of your favorite things about Nicaraguan culture i mean i'm interested cuz i'm going to be really honest i don't know so much about nicaraguan specific culture yeah
2: yeah no the, we we are um i have a girlfriend who is a She's a spa director that I actually met. She was a spa director here at the Surrey because that was my, um, I worked with spa directors with my former job and she moved, she's a tr- like born and raised Brooklyn, Brooklynite, and then moved down to Palm Beach. And she's been seeing a guy down there uh, for a few months and she's like, he's Nicaraguan. And I go, oh my God, are he and my cousins? Because there's like two of us. <laughs> That's <laughs>
0: hilarious.
2: Like we should find out, <laughs> and it's wild because Nicaragua is like the most is, is the most populated Central American country. It's the largest pop- Central American country. But when people think of Central America, they always think of Costa Rica, right? And our culture isn't so. Um, it's it, I, I mean, it's all a, a little bit of just you know a, a blur within one itself. But when I think of my favorite things in Nicaragua, it always is the people, the most hospitable people ever, ever, you know, this is a third world country, yet people are so giving and loving, and they'll be like, you know, I have these two pennies, but do you want my two pennies, right? And they just, they work for, you know, maybe I I can't even remember the last time I said so I I probably will misquote this but people work for like a dollar a day or something something absurd and yeah they are so happy and they're it's so rooted on family and community and music and doing so much with a little bit that you have and operating from that right like you're not thinking about what you don't have like you're operating with you know every day people wake up and they go to the market and they get a little coffee and they go to school and they just and it's like a simple beautiful life and I miss it so much I haven't been in a very long time and you know life just gets away from you and then I had every plan to go in like 19 and we had some you know um Political unrest, mm-hmm. and then and then I thought oh, I'll go in 2020, and then obviously COVID. But it's just the best food, uh, you know, the most beautiful, we, the most beautiful terrain, right? We have volcanoes, and you know, we have this like German German Nicaraguan community in the mountains where they they um, they have gorgeous coffee plantations. They have the beautiful beaches, and it's so it's like the one that um, you have like the Pacific side, and then you have the Caribbean side, and it's just worlds apart, and it's. Just, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful.
1: <laughs> oh, it sounds like a dream. And I feel like celebrating and really like enjoying those simple pleasures and relishing those simple joys like really grounds a person and keeps them in touch with what matters and what's important. Um Alex shared with me a little bit about a relationship that you had that you had a gut instinct that something just like wasn't right. Can you talk about a little bit about that relationship and, mm-hmm. and what your gut feeling was however and what much that you want to share? Because intended. I left
0: when we had that chat, yes. I left yeah. thinking,
1: wow, how brave.
0: And I left thinking, wow, it's truly an example of what Glenn and Doyle teaches, which is you need to disappoint other people before yourself. And it, it was an example of that. So however much you're comfortable sharing.
2: Yeah, sure. No, and I think what's funny you say that, you know, the first thing that came to my mind, Tina, was
0: which time?
1: Right? Yeah,
2: right. Because like I was mentioning, you know, earlier, um, you know, I was married before and I was married pretty young. Great guy, right? Like I can't actually say bad things about, you know, the relationships that I've been with the people because you're you're not with you don't pick someone and they're like monsters, right? My ex husband was wonderful in a lot of ways. You meet him, you love him, right? And I love a big personality. I love just people who are you know, a person that people are drawn to. I love he that was a
0: professional wrestler. Right. Yeah. My this is okay. Fashion, okay. Yeah. Your ex husband. Okay. And this is from when you're like early twenties,
2: correct? This is in my own. I'm in my early twenties. Right. Got I, it. Okay. Yeah, and I had come back. Life is very funny because I had decided to take off my um my spring semester of my junior year right and actually I don't think that we, we chatted about this alex before but okay. I didn't realize how uh, now in hindsight I'm like oh that's what that was is I was struggling really so much with um severe depression and anxiety then right I didn't know that and later on I was like diagnosed right I had no wow. clue and it was like I was suffering um like school was suffering for me and that would never have been the case in my life and so I realized I'm like I I need to get out of here because I'm gonna be one of these these, like cautionary tales of these kids that like just like slaved away onto their books and just like never to be found again something like that it was just crazy but I um, took time off to live in Cuba right and that decision was sort of made for me by my parents but I'm very happy they did it because otherwise I probably would have just stayed home and bartended which is so much fun but uh, my parents just wanted me to do something else in my life but when I came back and I met my ex-husband it just sort of seemed like this is what I needed and I grounded myself into to him, right? I put my identity and my worth into him. And he is 12 years older than I am. And so I remember thinking, he's
1: 34. He knows everything. That's such (laughs) a natural thing, though, in your early 20s is you're really trying to find your identity and groundedness. And a lot of times that happens by finding a relationship. 100%. And then
2: he, um, he, I, I, I say this about myself, but I'm such a dream encourager that I meet him. He tells me, hey, you know, when I was 27 years old, I almost went to the big show, meaning that he was finally going to do WWE. He's going to be on the show itself. That's what he's, he had always wanted to do, but he finds out, you know, right before he's like a couple days before he's supposed to go on and finally do it, that his mother gets cancer for the first time, right? Oh. He drops everything he's doing, moves in, helps them out and never regrets that decision, but always like wonder to the back of his head, like, well, you know, what would have happened? it got a very corporate job. So when I met him, I meet him in my hometown because I um I had to come back from Cuba because they didn't process my visa et cetera, et cetera and I meet him with my dad right at the bar that I was bartending in and and he is in a slack and a button down right and it was just funny because he um he's like this blondie blue-eyed country boy from Tennessee just like so and and six like six four right you just like notice him in South Texas <laughs> And I remember my dad chatting with him and, you know, me sitting, I was sitting away from them. I mean, this is all long winded, but I do love this story, but he's chatting with them and come to find out that my dad and him start shooting pool. And he says, Hey, um, your girlfriend's really pretty. And my dad's like, that's. That's my youngest. Oh my That's God. my youngest. And he's like, Oh man, well, sir, do you mind if right, you introducing me to her? If oh, I went if I win this round of pool, would you introduce me to her? Um if, if you win, I'll buy you a beer. And apparently my dad breaks, runs the table. My ex-husband doesn't shoot once. And so he's, he comes over to, to say hi and um he, buy, he buys my dad a beer and he grew up in beer. Anyway, the woman that he was with right later on and she's chatting with me, There's was, was two of his clients. It was his client, um, it was a husband and wife duo. She's chatting with me and she goes, what was it like growing up on the beach? I always wondered. I grew up in a little town called Rio Hondo. And I go, oh, I know Rio Hondo. My best guy friend, John is from Rio Hondo. And she goes, wait, What's his name? And I go, oh, his name is Jonathan Medina. She goes, little Johnny Medina. No. He's like, I babysat him until he was eight years old. <laughs> um, and so she and I connected, and that's ultimately why I stayed connected with my ex-husband because I had no intention of staying with him. Oh. And so, it's like, life really, really pushed me to to be connected with him. So I saw that as a sign of like, oh, maybe this is somebody that um I should be with. And, just great but I went against mm-hmm. my gut and I let other people decide for me what was best for me so in I think that it, I, getting caught up in that story of how we met and um everybody loving him and he really is just like sweet as pie and then me knowing oh I really want to see him achieve this dream I want to help him get back to the point where where he's happiest and We eventually, we bought um, a pro wrestling company in San Antonio, turned it around, right it was was a failing company we turned it around I helped market it with him it's the first thing that I ever started marketing because it's on my background and that's ultimately how I started my trajectory into branding and marketing because he's like you're gonna market it kid and I'm like
0: I don't know what to do and I don't write a book all the things that you've done I'm like (laughs) wait and
1: what you had like 10 lines you have
0: it's like so you did get a divorce but like it doesn't that doesn't mean that something has failed or that it's it that relationship really did serve you like it purpose in your life and i would argue like it still was meant to be in some way to learn something to grow you know what i mean
2: absolutely and i think back times where that shows itself to me more than ever now especially is the timing of things the timing of things is um like teaches you to be patient right and to accept and to trust that what is meant for you will find you exactly when it's meant to and that what you go through, right? Because I remember being, uh, finally being divorced like 26 or something. And you know, now I look at like 26, I was a baby. I was baby. still a baby. Yeah. But you, like at the time I was like, no one is gonna want me. I'm bag of damaged goods, right? Like what ridiculousness is that, <laughs> right? No. But that was my truth then. And um, now I think, thank goodness that happened because he encouraged me to act and model, right? And he goes, you know, you, he's like, I don't think you really ever really wanted to be a professor. I think you wanted to do that because other people decided that for you. And my sister was going to law school at the time too. So I thought, well, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to not carry my weight here in this family. Right. And he said, stop all that. You really do. Like you have, you light up when you're in front of people and you're doing this. So I did give that a go. I did give marketing a go, loved it, right. Building teams and communities and that I loved it. I would have never found out that that was something that I liked not little, you know, let alone that I was good at, had it not been for that relationship. And, and then ultimately I remember what's wild is when I tell people the story, how we ultimately divorce, right. It's bananas because one day it was like Cinco de Mayo, right? (laughs) It was thinking of my own that both of us were like, we should go get tacos today. And I don't, I wish I could remember more clearly what was said, but basically he was like, you know, I adore you and I know that you adore me, but I think that we don't want to be married to each other anymore. And I said, I think you're right. I think that we are confusing how well we work with one another because we run this business together. And that that's not something that that most couples can't do. Most couples can't work with one another. And I think that we're because it's so easy and fun for us that we're, we're thinking, Oh, well, we're just so special. We're such a great couple. And I said, let's, you're right. Like, I think that if we keep this going, that we're going to end up ultimately like, presenting ourselves something like that. What we said. So we sat next to each other on my computer and we're basically Googling, like, how to draw. Do- <laughs> oh my God. I'm, I'm not
0: That's kidding. So it's That's so interesting. It's so interesting because fascinating. you hear a lot about, oh, I've confused lust with love, or I, but it's really interesting. It's you guys had a really flourishing business relationship. which got confused. Okay. Can you tell us how that experience learning to trust your gut in your early twenties informed recent sort of relationship decisions?
2: Yeah. Yeah, sure. I I mean, I was, um, I was just got out of a relationship, um, that was, we were together for about four years. We're engaged for about a year and my wedding was supposed to be last October. And that's actually heartbreaking because a lot of people always ask me like, what happened? Or what did he do, right? And I always think, God, I wish there was one like singular thing, you know, one terrible, awful thing to just justify this very, very terrible—not um, even terrible—but this choice that causes like people to feel terrible, rather. And I remember thinking to myself, He is so wonderful, but why am I feeling these this, this hesitation? Right. And, you know, I, I think that he will like, I don't I don't actually, I, I've, I really haven't let myself like dive in too much into processing this. I think that I've only now, now it's been about six months um, since I ended everything and that I'm letting myself sort of peek out because I had to, you know, um, figure out how to live on my own, right. We were living together. I had to get my own apartment. You get all that wedding. set up, yeah, yeah. So like, I I have to separate, you know, my identity from being his, like his future wife, and um that. So like now, I really am processing of like, you did the right thing. It's taken me months. It's taken me months to to get to the point of saying like, yes, you did the right thing. Because um, you know, I I always make jokes and things get really uncomfortable for myself. But I remember being like, well, I'm not in the business to collect divorces here. So like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Lola, it's such an incredible lesson and such an incredible example. And it's really good for women to hear that you trusted your gut this time. Do you know what I mean? I
2: trusted my gut this time. Yeah, because that, that, you know, when I was first getting married, I remember, you know, walk right before I walked down the aisle and we ended up eloping, right? Because I you know, he, 10 days after he, we got engaged, I got engaged to my ex-husband, he was wrestling and he had this severe injury where he burst every tendon in his left foot. Right. And so I went from being like this, like little, you know, like, Oh, I'm a fiance now and planning my wedding and doing like just being on cloud nine to now I'm this man's full-time nurse. And this mm-hmm. person is wheelchair bound. And I am dragging this six, 300 pound human to the, the bathroom and showering him and trying to finish my senior year and working full-time it was so much right that I just thought let's just let's just get married before my semester starts my last semester starts and have something fun to look forward to that was my thought right not I'm going I'm about to enter marriage with this person I didn't even think about all that and so my sister it was with me in Las Vegas right and I just said pick a blue dress we're gonna fly you out and we're, you know we're gonna do this and my sister being like Lola you're passionate about every single thing she's like you're passionate about tying your shoe. I think that she's like. I just thought that you would be a little bit more excited about this, and I said, "Well, we're already here, right?" Oh, and totally went through with it. And don't get me wrong, like, like I say all that, and I just think like, oh man, that's that's terrible. But I I just remember chalking it up to everybody gets cold feet or you know, it is a big decision. And, you know, maybe I wish my parents were here and all
0: whatever it was. Well, it's really hard to identify your feelings in your early 20s. Like, is this normal nervousness? Is this nervous in a good way? Is this my gut saying no, no, no? Like it's, you know, and then I feel like once you hit 28 to 35, you start identifying, okay, this is a bad nervous. This is a Mm -hmm. good excited, you know, but at that age, I remember it being a big blur.
1: Oh, yeah. My sister had a very similar experience with her first marriage. She, the whole week leading up to the marriage, or the wedding, she was just like, this isn't, something's not right. Something's not right. And she was about to walk down the aisle and my dad turned to her and he goes, you got one more shot. You want to make a run for it? And she went, well, we're already here. Oh, Tina, I didn't know that. And yes. And she says to me all okay. the time, if you ever have a gut instinct, run. If anyone ever says to you, do you want to run? Run. Because you're not in the right because, spot. You know what? on
0: that my so my aunt is a psychologist and she says constantly she's like i would barely have a practice if everyone worked on hearing their inner voice and trusting their gut. Like if that was something we learned as children and a skill that we developed Mm -hmm. and a skill. But it's like, we learn it at 34 for the first time. We learn it at 40. We learn it at whatever, you know, and she always says that. That's what everything comes back to. But it's difficult because no one can tell you, no one can verify for you what your own gut feels like. And as women, we always look outside ourselves for, is this okay? So Mm -hmm. it's a trickster.
2: It really is. I think that uh, that's, that's like really resonating with me because that is what I'm telling people now. And I I find myself because I'm only now getting to the point where I'm much more comfortable talking about it openly about me ending my engagement, right? Because I I, I talk about my ex-husband all the time. I'm like, oh girl, you know, because it was not such a terrible you know and it was very different a
0: very different and different it was a relationship. long time ago more time and has passed absolutely. this more recent so of course
2: right and um and the more and more people are telling me all the time because I'm very private with a lot of stuff like hey how was your wedding or hey how did I'm like oh, oh you know like I go yeah. right and I kind of like go through that and have to quasi explain and um what what so many people keep telling me they're like oh my gosh you're so brave you know, mm. oh my gosh! You know, you did like, and I think I I probably need to talk about this more often because I, I you know I talk about mental health all the time because I as a high functioning depressive I think that when people think about like depression they think of like someone who is just like in bed all day and like hasn't showered for like you know two and a half weeks or something and I just think like high functionings we live amongst you yes. <laughs> so same thing with, with with this with my um breaking off my engagement is I don't want the first thing people say is that you're brave like I wanted to be more common right I wanted to be but you know not um I, sh- I should have gone to the point that I did right where um you know if I really look back on times I'm sure he and I both felt that there were this isn't working moment right prior to even getting engaged right so if I had trusted my gut more, previously, I wouldn't have gotten to uh, that point, right? Same thing with, um, you know, uh, other things in my life now where I I have moments of, how did I let it get this bad? Or how did I let it get this far? And I'm like, duh, like, you didn't listen to your voice, girl, like you've Mm -hmm. been, you've been making every excuse for this person's actions or for this situation. And, you know, distilling it down to something it's not. And, uh, and then time just keeps going by until finally you either get to a breaking point or somebody else really makes a decision for you.
0: Yeah, it's something I think we're all going to keep learning. It's such a process. It's not like, oh, we're going to learn to trust our gut, the end, wrap it in a bow. I think it's <laughs> right. like we are all going – I know I'm working on it every oh, single God, day in a million different situations and trying to identify the feelings and – all of that. So thank you so much for sharing that story. I think yes, it's thank just you. really honest and really helpful. I think a lot of people are going to resonate with it.
2: I think that, you know, what it comes down to as well, and something I tell, I tell my interns and uh, just team members is that if you are rooted more in yourself and you trust yourself more, then you can make really difficult decisions because with, um, with me me waiting longer to make that choice I I remember thinking like there's no way I can do that you know I don't want to hurt anybody and I don't you know and I I'm like who's going to give me an apartment in New York City and like how am I gonna like you know pay my rent you know and then still have money to do that because I was really going from like our
0: lifestyle right to income for years Mm -hmm. in New York City I mean it's big
1: change huge
2: big big change and then being thinking, well, okay, do I move back home? Do I do this? You're like, there's like so many, like there was just so many, like what if? And I think that if like someone I I want, I will champion and will be that person like, yes, you can do hard things, right? Like I am that example. You know, I have a girlfriend who, you know, she's, she struggles with deciding whether or not she's going to stop singing and acting because she's never had a corporate job. So she's like, I don't really like the trajectory of this, but you know, the fear and the, of the unknown is so high that while her gut is telling her lean into something new, and maybe start your own business or go back to school or do something. something like that fear of the unknown is so high. And so, um, uh, oh my gosh, just crippling for her that she, she, she hasn't made that made that choice. And I believe I'm like, yes, you can do it. Trust me. Like I will be the poster child if I need to be, but we need to, we need to encourage and have those real conversations as women, um, more and more with one another and encourage each other and just like be the safety net that people feel like they don't have.
0: We really do. Cause we all go through hard things. And if you look at your Instagram, you see, oh my gosh, successful model, gorgeous, 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 but it doesn't mean everything's perfect. It doesn't mean everything's shitty, but it does doesn't mean you haven't gone through hard things, you know, and learned from them. So I have to take a quick break to tell you just how much I love plant people. I love them because they're not just CBD products. They are CBD products formulated by actual doctors. So they're really special. For example, right now I'm obsessed with the relief drops, which are these CBD drops you put under your tongue in the morning for 30 seconds, but it's not just CBD. There's turmeric in it, which is an amazing anti-inflammatory. So you can use these drops when you have cramps, when you're hungover, if you're injured, you name it. I actually take them every day i'm also loving the relief cooling advanced recovery body cream it has cbd in it but also more turmeric for an anti-inflammatory and arnica which really helps heal your muscles and it feels really nice and cooling on your skin so you can use it for literally any ache or pain on your body so for 15 percent off your first plant people order enter code obsessed at checkout, or just scroll down to the show notes for this episode and click the plant people link. God, we can talk to you forever. I also, I want to, I want you, Seriously. I want to your book and your podcast too. Like you're so well-spoken. Oh my God. Like please. Like got <laughs> the iceberg, oh. Like the tip of the iceberg with your life experience. We could talk about so much more. Okay. Before we let you go, we want to ask you just some fun, rapid fire questions just to get to know you more. Okay. Um, okay. What is your current nighttime moisturizer? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's Love Indus's potion. It's their
2: love potion. It's a it's a brand new we carry it at this boutique. It's called Project Gaia. It's incredible. I love the founder. They've got like five SKUs or brand new as of this last year. And it's I just like it melts into my skin. I love it so much. She combines Indian Indian ingredients with what she likes to say New York technology. So East Meets West. And their whole thing is like she has like silk and copper. In it and it just strengthens my skin. I feel like I've actually seen a really big change and I'm such a junkie when it comes to anything beauty. And I Same. love like Lux Beauty and just like wrapping myself <laughs> in say the name one more time. It's called Love Comma Indus. I N D U S. I'm okay. obsessed with I it. You, we gotta look into that. The,
0: yeah, I want you to like do a video of your putting yourself, putting it on yourself.
1: yes that's so fun (laughs) yes um okay what are what's the best thing that you're either reading or watching right now oh that's I love
2: this I love you know what I've I just started reading well I'm actually about to
1: I started reading and I'm like almost done
2: is um Oprah's book with Dr. Bruce Weber on trauma right and it's called what happened to you and she basically discusses how um Everybody wants to say when we're not acting the right way or responding to the right way. It's instead of people being like, uh, "What happened to you?" which is more exploratory and the conversation and starts a dialogue. People would be like, "What's wrong with you?"
1: Oh my god! Right? Yes. It is So good.
2: It's so good, yeah. And oh the, my and god. She talks about how like trauma is such a like a um, intense aggressive word. Where she's like, you know, I think that people think that, oh well, I wasn't made to sleep outside, you know, all winter, so my I I didn't go through trauma as a kid. And she's like, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. Oh, totally so incredible. Oh, highly recommend. Definitely going on my list. One. Yeah, for okay, sure. Do you have a go-to cocktail? Um, I love a gin and tonic. I love like a
1: um, and tonic. So does with Tina. A, a bunch yeah, of I love Hendrix. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> Great. I love it too. Um, okay. What's the best advice you've ever received?
2: The best advice I've ever received is always get a mentor. Always, right? Get somebody um, who's so much better at you at something or that you want to be like them and aspire to be like them. It just, one, it keeps you in line, keeps you accountable, right? It keeps you from making a lot of mistakes too. And it just sort of centers you back to, okay, well, is this something I want to do? And am I being very honest about who I am?
0: Amazing. right answer. Speaking (laughs) of, so is there a woman just right now who you're being very inspired by that you're following on Instagram that you're thinking of currently?
2: There's a couple. I mean, I really do recommend everybody to follow my mentor. She's so much great. She's so much like great information, little nuggets, uh, just very good. Like you just see her, you can't like help but smile. What's her Instagram? She's the branding professor. Okay. The great. branding professor on Instagram. And her name is Giselle. And she, I was mentioning, she is my mentor, but she used to be my publicist when I hosted a television show in Austin. And She, um, she really just like leads with her heart, really leads into doing the right thing, leads into building community, loves empowering women, especially women who are embarking on either their first, you know, um, business or second, third, whatever it is, like she just champions you and you just feel like you can't not, you know, like you, you can't fail like with her on your side. And she's just, um, just such a great, just a wealth of information when it comes to branding too. So now as I embark on my, um, me opening my branding um company she's just I feel like she's taught me everything I know
0: I know we're running out of time but can you give us a little nugget on your starting your own business can you ju- you just give us a quick nugget
2: yeah so so i um recently left an incredible job to uh, pursue my own dreams of having my own branding and marketing a full service branding marketing agency for emerging to mid-sized brands and it really is going to give people the opportunity to instead of doing it in house and kind of stumbling their way through it i can I can start a marketing plan for you. I can do marketing strategies, branding strategies, really figuring out like who you are, why you're doing it and how to get that voice across really beautifully in an elevated way to your specific audience. Or if someone's trying to completely rebrand themselves, I do that too. And, um, or they're just like having a difficulty with like a product launch. I'll put all the pieces together and sort of like play matchmaker on um, videography, this, that,
0: whatever. And
2: just really make sure that they have a lot of sell through and then just have like an ability to scale.
1: Oh
0: my God, that's amazing. amazing. I can't wait to watch this grow. Where can we yes. find you on Instagram?
1: Oh, my Instagram is live it up, Lola. Live it up, Lola.
0: Amazing.
1: Amazing. Lola, this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. We seriously could chat with you all day long.
2: I love that. I, oh my gosh, this energy has been so great. Maybe we just do a part two.
1: Okay, I know, great. i like, yes. okay, we
0: need a part two? Thank you so much for being so open and honest and sharing so much of your life with us. We just, we feel so honored to have been I've been able to spend an hour with
1: you.
2: Oh my gosh. The feeling is so mutual. I adore the both of you. Yeah, you're the
1: best. Bye. Don't forget to follow, rate, and review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And for more content, make
0: sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, Patreon, and give us a follow at Obsessed with the Best Pod on Instagram and TikTok.